Hey out there in mommy land, this is Mom Unfiltered. I am your host, Jacqueline. Today, we get to chat with my sister from another mister. She's an associate MFT in the Bay Area, a mother of two exceptional young ladies and one outstanding young man. She's an advocate for special needs children, a prayer warrior, and a woman who believes in God's provision. She is Naomi Burks. Please like, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Now it's time for our program. I feel so good right now. Okay. Yeah, God, um, God is doing a good work. He is. He is, he is. absolutely. He's just glowing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's the uh, the Nida that I use. Nida. Oh no, it's Neutrogena. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just <laughs> like, you. No. It's the God in me. It's the God in you. It's the God in me. There you go. That's that Mary Mary yes. song. So Naomi, it's so good to see you. Uh, Same here. Yes. So let me give you guys a backstory. Um, Naomi and I talked what about three weeks ago mm-hmm. <laughs> we sat and had a wonderful conversation my children were present they were just all in a mood and everything was great our um, the podcast was absolutely amazing and uh, I wasn't hooked up to the Wi-Fi and it didn't download and I was crushed for all of one hour <laughs> until I was able to call Naomi back it was like can you redo it and uh, she said sure so I'm excited to be here we are on location at Pete's Coffee in Livermore shout out to Pete's yes and so um, so how old were you or not not how old were you <laughs> Lord when did you become a mom okay so I officially became a mom when my mother had my younger brother when I was 14. Oh boy. Um, she was living a life in the world and we lived in East Oakland and she um, gave birth to him and basically I was his mom. Wow. He went everywhere with me. He, I stayed home from school to help you, take care of him. You stayed home from school? I stayed home from school. Wow. Um, and she was also sick. So she was sick and then she was using substances uh-huh. and then, but mainly it was just to, to help out with him. So he, uh, he's beautiful. He was my baby. Everybody thought I had him and I was like, did you ever see me pregnant? I'm like, no, I'm still a virgin. But so 14 and then by me, biological, I had my first daughter at 21. Okay. So mm-hmm. you, you had some time. You were like, mm. Am I gonna have a baby? Am I not gonna oh, have a baby? I didn't want any. You didn't want any. I didn't want any. Um, no, I did not want kids. I didn't think that was in the cards for me. But mm-hmm. that's what God wanted me to have. Right. That was His plan. That was His plan. His plan. That's amazing. <laughs> How is your brother doing now? He's doing good. He is 24, and he has his own place. And actually, so he uh, came to live with me when he turned 13. And I, I remember me that. Me and the two girls and. Um, it was hard at first. He has a learning disability, and he was really destructive, self-destructive. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, once we got him stable, he was good. 
And so he chose to stay with me and he graduated with honors from Anna Buer and he graduated with honors from Skyline High. And then he did a one year program at Laney. So he's working, he has his own place um, in San Leandro, self-sufficient. All right. So do you think that he would have been so self-sufficient if your mom attempted to raise him in the no. state that she was in? No. She, um, she kept him in the house. He didn't have friends. He didn't go outside. He was overweight. So when he came to live with me, he we lived in these apartment buildings on 62nd. Um, we were living in housing, and he um, actually made friends with the kids in the building. He started playing football. I got him on the Oakland Dynamites team, um, which was really healthy for him to get out his aggression. And he he just, he, he, he soared from there. And he that's why he chose to stay. He told the courts, um, I refuse to go to court. He told the courts, I want to live with my sister. I have a life. And that was really hard for my mom. Mm -hmm. It was hard for me because I wanted him to go back home. Right. Um, but it worked out in the end. Mm -hmm. And the girls, they love their uncle. Oh, they adore him. Yeah, he's like their brother. Yeah, like their brother. Yeah, yeah. And anytime, if I call him now, he still has the keys to my house. So I call him, like, I need you to come do this. Or I need you to come stay at night. Or, you know, watch out for the girls. He will. He will. We recently got a dog, and so he seen it. I was trying to clean up. He's like, "Do you want to come clean up the dog stuff once a week?" And I was like, "No, baby, we got this. <laughs> you know, live your life." But he's a good kid. Good. Good. So, were you raised with any specific spiritual beliefs that help that are that is helping you raise your children at this yeah. point in your life? Yeah. So, I always was raised in the church. Mm -hmm. So, my mom was married to my dad, who's a who was a preacher at the at the time. Um, and they divorced, but my mom still, she still held on to her faith. So even though she wasn't like actively involved in the church, mm -hmm. she still prayed. She, I can remember her playing her, the gospel hymns. Mm -hmm. I remember my grandfather waking up in the morning when I was when I at his house. He would wake up doing the gospel hymns, singing them. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's also why I like coffee. The old school hymns. Mm -hmm. huh? um, did he? Did he did he give you coffee? No, but he oh. would make it in the morning. Uh -huh. And so the smell of the Folgers and then the sound of him singing his spiritual hymns mm -hmm. is just like, it's the best memory of him for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we always believed in God, always. Always believed in Christ. And believe it or not, God protected us from a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm a lot of stuff and I always remember my mom praying things when times got hard for her um, regardless of what reason mm -hmm. she always prayed always and you got to witness her praying and things like that mm -hmm. so did you go to church on Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday and no. Friday night and no <laughs> no because she wasn't active so she wasn't active she wasn't active and so the this this beautiful woman, her name was Miss Hattie. Mm -hmm. She lived next door to my grandfather's house. And we lived down the street from my grandfather's house. So we lived on the same block as him. Um, and this is when, you know, back in the day when you would go clean up someone's yard or do their dishes to earn money. Mm -hmm. And so we, me and my brother started off cleaning her yard. And then she brought me in the house. And then she had me, like, make her coffee and do her dishes. And she was handicapped. She was in a wheelchair. You couldn't tell though. She still got around. It, it, I even remember in her car she could drive because she had the little shifts mm -hmm. where she could drive with her hands. Okay. A very awesome, amazing woman. 
Um, but she took a liking to me because she really wanted to get to my mom. Mm-hmm. And so she would take me to church. And then one day, I think I was getting, I was singing or something. And I told my mom, like, oh, Miss Hattie wants you to come. And I was like, I don't have nothing to wear. So Miss Hattie's like, go get her. And so I was like, mom, she wants you to come. And she gave her so many clothes. Mm-hmm. And my mom started going to church with her. Oh, wow. It, it was amazing. And like, so, it, so really she like used us to get to her, mm-hmm. which was great because right. it helped her. Right. She didn't stick with it like the whole time, but she would go. Right. And then um, when Miss Hattie couldn't go to church, she would have like Bible study in her living room. So we would go do Bible study in her living room and um, praise God there. Wow. That's when I learned the meaning of church and mm-hmm. what they really mean like church is in us and it's right. not in the building right it's wherever you make it wherever you make we it, are the yes. church mm-hmm. yeah that's amazing so how has having your daughters changed your life um so when i had tonight or when i was pregnant with tonight i was 20 and i was living a life i was a registered dental assistant and i was um running the streets drinking and hanging out and I would go to work but then you know I would come home my mom would be doing the same thing so I would just go back out and then eventually I got pregnant and I was like ooh what's happening? Right. Why why are pregnant? You um and actually no 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 let me back up. My mom had actually stopped using and switched over. And she was going to Tabernacle. She was very active in the church. And she wanted, she was in the church praying for a grandchild. And I was like, did you specify to God that not by me? <laughs> and I'm the one that ended up getting pregnant. Like my brother didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. And then so I ended up getting pregnant. And then so um, I ended up rededicating my life and getting rebaptized. Mm-hmm. And I asked God to bless my baby and I would make sure as a mom that I would bring my daughter to him. Mm-hmm. I would raise her in the church, wow. but I'm going to need him to bless me because I knew like her dad wasn't going to be around. Um, so he did that. He's been covering us. And I did the same thing with my second daughter too. Even though her dad was around, I had a feeling that he wasn't going to be around either. And so um, he's blessed us. I can, I can think like oh we need this or we need some food or they need some clothes and somebody will come to my door with it or somebody will call me like oh I got these brand new clothes for the girls come get them or I got a a food package for you or like it's nothing that we need that he doesn't make sure that we have Mm -hmm. and I've kept my word and he's kept his promise Mm -hmm. so it was a pact that I made with God and that was the only promise I made to him was that I would bring my daughters to him and that I need him to help me raise them awesome um, I have seen in your life over the time that I've known you how God has been your provider yes, and that he has helped you through everything. Can you just expound on, on I know you're not going to remember every little thing God has done, but just let the ladies know of, of, of just putting your faith in, in him being your provider and how, how he would do things. Um, yeah, so starting off with what I just said with like the blessings that he that he would bring to the door for the girls, um, God has blessed me a lot. I ended up marrying my second daughter, um, father. So my kids is two years, three years apart. So 
I ended up marrying him and I wasn't supposed to. God told me on the day not to, which he had already told me not to in the beginning. He told me on the day of our wedding not to marry him. And he actually sent someone else to tell me the same thing and I still did it. But then it, it was complete chaos after that. Um, but he kept us, he, he kept us. It, my ex-husband was on drugs and he like was getting into people in the neighborhood. And so we had to move twice. Um, we lost our cars because both of them was in my name and he was taking them and selling them to the drug dealers and you know renting them out to the drug dealers uh, they got repo they got impounded I mean I had to literally just like start over from that then one day we came home me and my daughters and we had nothing he had stole everything out of the house down to the broom wow the only thing that was left in there was the beds and the couches like nothing their clothes everything Everything was gone. Um, still, and through all of that, through all of that, he has always blessed us. Like, I had an awesome boss. Of course, I had my mom, and um, my dad was supportive. And actually, his, my husband's dad was supportive. Like, he replenished some of the stuff. Um, I stayed at my mom's house for 30 days. 30 days, and, I, and at that time, I was living with a property management. Um, and it was like, we can try to move you, but I don't know how that's going to work. And then the housing came through. So housing came through, and I was able to move into the housing um, on low-income subsidized housing on 62nd. And so my kids ended up having their own rooms, and we had moved. So he didn't know where I was. He couldn't come find me. Um, and, yeah, that was a really hard time. But... I ended up staying out of my house for 30 days. Housing came through, and I saved two of my, two of my paychecks and bought a new car um, just off the street randomly so we can get the, around. And, um, yeah, it was nothing but the grace of God. It was, it was nothing but the grace of God that helped us. And then financially, things always have been, uh, not always, but it has been a struggle. We have had our trials, but God has always come through. We've never been homeless. We never had our lights cut off disconnected we never not had actual food mm -hmm. maybe not what they wanted but not you know we've right. never not had nothing in the kitchen mm -hmm. in the cabinets or in the freezer like it's always been something uh, one day my mom god just put it on her spirit this was recently she just came to my door with groceries and i was just like why you do it she's like because god told me to do this and i don't want to make you mad and i was like no we needed it right. and it was like a really healing moment for me and her because she used to do stuff and I felt like she would throw it in my face and I was like so I never would ask her for nothing but when she brought it she was like no I just want to do this for you and my grandkids and it was beautiful it was beautiful it actually made us a little bit closer um so yeah so like I don't know I think I'm rambling now but God always comes through regardless you have to keep your faith and just pray through everything so you um God did something for you um, regarding your education. So you were registered dental assistant. Yes. And you knew that it was a good job. It paid the bills. It got you through. But that's not what God wanted you to do. Right. So ever since I was seven, it had been in my spirit to be a therapist. I just went around like, I'm going to be a, a, a psychologist, but not a psychiatrist because I don't want to prescribe medicine. But... <laughs> 
So I had moved to San Bernardino right after high school with a beautiful woman. Her name was Phyllis Wilson. I owe her my life. She took me in and she knew I wanted to go to school for psych. Um, and she was like, well, you should probably get a trade. She's mm-hmm. like, do a trade and then that'll help pay your way through school. Okay. So I went to school for dental assistant. I loved it. It's an awesome field. I didn't even think I would like it because all the blood and stuff and mm-hmm. saliva, but it's so different when you're actually working on someone. Um, and so I did that for 15 years, for 15 years, a total of 15 years. But within that amount of time, after getting Billy, my little brother, when he was 13, um, I felt like I was in a rut. Like I just wasn't fulfilling my purpose. Like I wasn't happy. I worked for an awesome lady in Oakland. She's a sweet dentist, very good with her clients, authentic work, like not ripping off client uh, patients. Um, she's a mother. She was a mentor for me. She helped me through a lot. Uh, she also was a financial blessing. She would just find ways to give me bonus reasons. Let me give you a bonus for the kids for their summer camp and for this. And what's oh their birthday? Gosh. Let me give you a bonus for that. Like you've been working really hard. Like very sweet. Like wow. I could, my car had got told on the side of the road her husband was like oh, we gonna take her to get her car uh, I don't know what's happening and like so they family really like took me and my kids in and sheltered us like God will send you people mm-hmm. and these is people who um, don't believe in Christ wow my boss is a Jew and so she believed as Christ as a, a just a normal man yeah just but not a son of God right so it, it's amazing. Like my work there was really just for her, to show her God. Like through all my trials and all that was going on, how strong my faith was. So um, yeah, that's a whole separate story. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I felt like I was in a rut, and God was like, "Yeah, you know, you need to get back in school. You need to do what you're supposed to do. You're, 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 you're done with this right now." And so anyway, so I went to, I signed up for online. For, I did my bachelor's of arts in psychology at Kaplan University, and I did that for three years. And once I got done, I applied for Cal State East Bay for the uh, MSW, Master's in Social Work, the two-year program. Mm-hmm. They didn't accept me, um, and I was devastated. I was like, well, I'm not doing nothing else. I'm just going to stay where I'm at, because I was making good money. I was making $35 an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my kids didn't for nothing. Right. Like, they was good. I was good. We was cool. Right. Um, we was active in church, so things was going good. But God was like, still nudging me, like you, you're not listening to me. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. You're done with this. You need to go back to school. So I took a year off, and I was like, I'm not doing it. And then um, Holy Names flyer came in my mail, and I was like, God was like, yeah, you know, that's where you need to go to Holy Names. You need to apply. And I was like, what? I'm not, I can't get rejected again. I just, right. I don't have no rejection will. I'm not. And so he just kept nudging me and nudging me. And then I called my friend. She was like, I'm applying Holy Names too. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, I think God is telling me to do that. And she was like, it's a good program. And so then we applied together. Okay. We applied together. Uh, we both got in. I started, I think I started the semester before her though. Cause like once, once I'm in it, I'm in it. So I started the semester before her and, um, it was awesome. I had to, I stopped working for the dental office because of the schedule conflict. Um, and I suffered a year. I was unemployed for a year. I was having panic attacks. I was, um, 
we was not making it. My dad stepped up. He, we really didn't have a relationship, but he stepped up to the plate. Like he would pay most of my bills, um, and then the unemployment was helping. You know, um, and so we we made it. Like God made sure we made it. I I don't even know. Like <laughs> if it wasn't for God touching my dad to help and. God was just sending money. Like, Dr. Prentizar was still sending me money in the mail. Wow. Just out the blue. I thought of you. Hopefully, this can help. $500 here. $500 there. Wow. And, like, it would come at the time when I really needed it the most mm -hmm. to pay some bills. And so, he made sure I made it. It was hard. It was really hard. And then I found another, I mean, I finally found a job with the company I'm with now. Mm -hmm. Um... Lincoln and as a behavior intervention specialist or one-to-one -one, I work with special need kids in the classroom and it didn't pay good but it paid the bills I don't know how mm -hmm. it was never enough mm -hmm. but it always seemed like it was it covered it, would, it covered everything mm -hmm. so yeah God is amazing mm -hmm. he is truly awesome not to mention my last semester I ran out of money Oh boy. Loan money. So I had to get a second job. Um, and I Ubered, I DoorDash, and I worked my second job and my primary job. And I was still in school. And I had to go fund me <laughs> to make sure that I graduated. And so a lot of people who uh, would see my story would donate to the GoFundMe. And I worked and I just put every dollar towards my tuition. Because um, I wasn't going to be defeated. And I graduated. And now you're working in your purpose. Yes. Now I'm working um, school-based and I'm working um, in high school. Mm -hmm. Last year I worked um, as a mobile clinician and I worked with kids special needs still. The same group but just a different uh, dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and then this year I worked with high schoolers in Oakland that are really affected by a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. Vicarious trauma or trauma towards them. Mm -hmm. um, just witnessing violence in the in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, parents on drugs. You know, foster foster care youth. So whatever the situation is, so I'm I'm there right in the heart of it where I'm supposed to be. Right. So you worked with um, at risk youth at one time. Uh, teenagers like being suicidal and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I just did a, a rant, a mommy rant about bullying. Because mm. uh, I, I can stand here and say I hate, mm -hmm. like literally hate bullies. Mm -hmm. Like I heard Gary Vee say the Patriots was right up there with Hitler, but bullying is right up there with Hitler for mm -hmm. me. So um, how do you speak to that and um, just giving parents a tidbit on how they can help their children through bullying. Because I'm the type of parent that I will chastise your child if I find your child bullying my child and come and chastise you too. Right. So, yes, I worked I worked at Willow Rock. Um, I worked there for 18 months. And actually, I only stopped working there because at the school I work at, some of the kids are sent there. So I didn't want to have a dual relationship with my students. Um, bullying is real. Bullying is real everywhere. And it's a, it's an epidemic that's overlooked. And um, you have parents who feel like if their kids are a victim, that some, sometimes their kids are too soft. Or that they shouldn't get involved because then they're going to just keep continue to 
add to the bullying because they embarrassing them kids, their kids, um, by stepping in like, oh, you gotta get your mom or oh, you gotta get your dad. Um, and no, it's not acceptable. And, and the parents should always step in, and a parent should always encourage their kids to speak up. Um, also, just check in with your kids. Check in with them daily. How was school? What's happening? And you'll notice the shift in them if something is happening when you ask them that. Because it won't be the same. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're not checking in with your kids, start checking in with them. Mm -hmm. Start popping up at their school. Start seeing what's happening if you can. I know some parents really work and their schedule is hard, but it just takes five minutes to show your face on campus. Mm -hmm. um, that actually makes a difference for the kids, whether they're being bullied or not. It helps their self-esteem and it boosts their educational process. But if your child is being bullied, and you feel like going to the school is going to be an issue for them, email. Email the principal, email the teachers all on one. That is your paper trace that you have, that you are letting them know that something's going on with your child and they need to investigate. Because there should always be a no bullying policy in the schools. Yeah. Um, and advocate for your kid because they can't do it for themselves. Right. Advocate, advocate, advocate. Um, I know my kid has come to me with various scenarios. It has nothing to do with her, but her friends. Mm -hmm. And her friends don't want to tell their moms. So then I advocate for them. Mm -hmm. I call. Mm -hmm. And a few times I know my daughter was mad. Mm -hmm. But if I know that this kid is being bullied, mm -hmm. how is it okay? Right. You know? So I'm advocating for them. Like it's always someone at the school that the parents should be able to trust to let them know, mm -hmm. so they can look into it. Right. Um, if you are the parent of the bullier, <laughs> you have to be able to accept that your child might be bullying someone. Right. And talk to them about it. And give them some help. Yeah, like cause cause they're doing it for a reason. Right. Something's not right. There's a disconnect. Something's not right at home. Something's not right at school. Right. Or they're not happy with themselves. Right. Or they might need to tell you something. Right. And they feel like they can't. There's an absolute So there is a reason there. why they're bullying and see what's happening for them. Or maybe they was bullied. And now they're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. To read to get it out their system. You never know what was happening. But it's not necessarily saying that they're bad. Or that they're wrong. I believe there, there is no bad kid. Mm -hmm. It's only circumstances and how they're dealing with them. Mm -hmm. um, but just reach out to your kid and see what's happening. Don't be the parent that's like, oh, my kid would never do that. Talk to your kid. Listen to them. The parents that say their kid will never do that, I, they're the ones I, doing they're, it. Yeah, they're they're doing it, and they're so oblivious because they don't they don't pay attention to their children. I can right. tell you now. If somebody said my child did something, I will either say yes, they absolutely did that, and no, I've never seen them do that. Those right. are the two things that I said. Now, if mm -hmm. I've never seen them do that, maybe they started doing that, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I know what my children do. Right. And I know how they act. Because oh. you have a relationship. Right. That's it. You <laughs> like, have a relationship. Everybody don't have a relationship with their kids. It's very important. It is very important. Most of the kids I see don't have a relationship with their parents, and their parents can be there. And their parents can be awesome providers, but they're not emotionally connected. Oh, it's wow. not all about the money. Wow. It's not all about what you do for your kid, what you buy them, them Jordans or what have you. It's about that connection with them, letting them know that they're loved. Mm -hmm. Some parents can't even tell their kids that I love you. That is hard for them. That is hard for them to walk through this earth and to say that my mom or my dad has never told me that they love me. Has never told me that they're proud of me. Straight A students. 
mm-hmm. but they're doing it out of fear or in in desperate need of approval mm-hmm. and they're not getting it. Wow. Oh, well, you have straight A's, but why did you have an F on that test? Right. Or why is that test low? Mm-hmm. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, praise the progress. Something. Praise the progress. Because you don't have a muster mm-hmm. when they get out your house. Because they never knew how to get, they never received love from you. Wow. So then when they get older and have kids, they're going to do the same thing. It's going to just reciprocate. So that's an issue. Like, we have to love on our kids. We have to hug them. We have to let them know. Like, I hug my kids even when they're mad at me. And they don't want to hug. I'm getting the kids. Yes. And they be like, it's harassment. Yes, it is. Yep. I'm harassing I'm you with harassing love. I'm harassing you, yes. Because mommy loves you. Right. Right. And they can <laughs> Whether be Whether you're mad at me or not. And they can make you mad. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you have to not love them mm-hmm. or punish them mm-hmm. without giving them love because of what their actions, their kids. We forget that they're kids. So kids do bully, mm-hmm. but it's something happening for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you work with other special needs children, um, ADHD and mm-hmm. autistic children. Mm-hmm. Yes, I um, truly believe autistic children are specialized human beings. Like we search our whole lives for what we are specialized in or what we supposed to do on this earth. But they come on this earth and they are laser focused. They know Mm -hmm. exactly what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And nothing else is bothering them. They don't need to talk. They don't need to do whatever. They need to do what they need to do. How do you feel about the children that you take care of that are autistic? They're just looking for love too and acceptance. From peers, from their family. Because it's hard. It's hard for parents. Sometimes they're worn out or they're, they need a break or they need space. And so they don't get them. The parents who are raising kids that have autism or ADHD or special needs, just whatever it is, Down syndrome, they need to take self-care for themselves so they can be better parents for their kids because they're putting all of them into their kids. Mm-hmm. And so I really egg on people who like have relationships with these parents to give them a break. Even if it's just for 30 minutes a week, an hour a week so they can go walk or get their nails done or the dads could go read a book and have some coffee or something, whatever it is that they need, um, let's help them as a community because they're so ostracized and they're so pushed out that the parents have nowhere to go and the kids have nowhere to go and they don't have any love. They're very special and very smart, and they just want to be accepted. I had this kid um, tell me the other day that he hates PE because his classmates are mean to him because he can't kick the ball or hit the ball like he's supposed to, and then they make fun of him, and they don't want him on their team, and that is so hurtful that you're in high school and... You still don't have a place. Right. You still don't have a place. And you gotten that far. And you've gotten that far. And this particular kid cut class all last week. So I couldn't find him to talk to him. So it's like, why are you running from class? Which is making me wonder what's happening now in class. Are you being bullied in class? Like, you know. Um, he told me that he hated the color of his skin because he's African and his skin is he's beautiful dark chocolate mm-hmm. boy mm-hmm. and he was like I hated it I hated it I hated it growing up and he was like I'm okay with it now but I didn't like it and like he wouldn't be able to express that without therapy 
you know, but he used to be angry. He used to throw tantrums. He used to throw chairs. And it's not because he was mad at the teachers. He was mad at his peers not accepting him. You know, so we have to we have to teach our kids that everyone is unique and that we should give them a fair chance and never, ever bully special needs kids or make them feel out of place. Right. Because we all are the same on the inside. Oh, yeah. We're all insecure. We're, we all act all irrational when our feelings get hurt until we learn how to cope with it or express what's happening for us. Mm-hmm. So we're all the same mm-hmm. until we have those same coping skills and techniques. So your work is your work. Yeah, You're doing it. I love my job. Just I absorbing all of it, huh? I love it. I love it. I love the kids. I love the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it right there. The kids. <laughs> I don't like the system. It's all about the babies. I don't like the stuff that's in place from the schools and stuff like that. So that's well, something yeah, that's I'm working the, on. I'm working on politics, breaking down those, yeah. those barriers and, mm-hmm. and the, the politics that's happening inside the schoolhouse. But I love the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm there for. Right. Those are my babies. So speaking of your babies, mm-hmm. let's talk about your oldest daughter. Because <sighs> when I met her, she was having a complete meltdown. Yeah, you She's met her. Complete meltdown. Her eighth grade year in middle school. No, no sixth, grade. sixth grade. Sixth grade sixth year grade. in middle school, and she was very insecure. Um, couldn't cope with what was happening with her at school. She actually had to move to a school far away from our neighborhood. Um, she didn't have any friends, so when she got there, she tried out for every. Uh, athletic team that they had at mm-hmm. Edna Bureau and she didn't get on nothing and she got on lacrosse mm-hmm. and I was like what is lacrosse was, right that's what the horse and the, the polo <laughs> right <thing>. like, what <laughs> or rugby like, or I thought it was rugby like, yeah. people don't do lacrosse what is that like I don't even know what that was but I was excited that she got on something because volleyball didn't take her baseball basketball like I mean softball nothing took her so she's excited and it actually was the best thing to happen to her in her life, meeting you, meeting the team, and that was her family. Mm-hmm. That was her family. And I think when we first met, she it was their first game, and she actually was a good player, but she passed out on the field, and I was going to lose it. Like, how is we here? We heck of far. All the way to San Francisco, and, and you, you, you're not going to play. And you was like, hold on, back up. I got this. And I actually was able to, that was the first time I ever in my life was able to step back from my daughter and not be involved. And it was something about you that let me let go. And you went and talked to her and she got out there and she did her thing. And that was the beginning of y'all relationship. Yeah, she's been my big girl ever since. I mean, in ours too, but like, it, you were so powerful for her. Like, you was this, this stronghold, you know, because kids always say, my kids tell me all the time, like, you're my mom, so you're supposed to say those nice things. You're right. supposed to support me. Mm-hmm. But when she got it from you, that was just, like, the best thing for her. Right. So it was very powerful Cause, for me. Because I just reinforced what you did. I reinforced everything that you instilled. And I, I come from the mindset of we are a tribe of people. It takes the whole village for our kids to be raised because like you said 
like no matter what I tell my child, she is not going to absorb that until somebody else comes. A strong woman comes along and says the same yes. thing, and that just reinforces yes. what I had already been saying. And you it flowered just gives it. it. You yeah, flowered it. I planted the seed, and you 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 flowered it. You helped it, nurtured it. You let it grow, and she loves you guys. She, I mean, it was so messed up when she aged out. We didn't know what to do. Right. Because that was her family. Right. You know, you guys, I mean, you would come pick her up. You would take her to practice. This is why I was in school. Yeah. Uh, take her to the games. I love being the team Both mom, for the coach. girls. Both for the yeah. girls. Like, and so it was just, it was a blessing for us. Yeah. Always. You always have been a positive force. I thank God for you. And I thank God for you, too. I just, you know, talking about Oakland lacrosse, um, it was a big turning point in my life because I didn't even like teenage kids and I know my daughter was becoming a teenager she was they were tweens right mm-hmm. then and I'm like oh my goodness my daughter's becoming a teenager so am I saying I don't like her it is is my prophetic word of saying I hate teenagers is that going to affect her when she's a teenager she think I'm going to hate her so that was good that she got on that team and I got to get in on the board and I got to see the inner workings of it and really know what that organization was about and what it wanted to do with the uplifting and that I was all I yes. ate, I drank all that Kool-Aid. Yes. I drank it up and yes. it was just amazing. It was a blessing. And so um, it just lit a fire in me just wanting to t- continue to you know uplift teenagers and our girls and stuff just like like i would have like conversations with them about their hygiene and about everything whatever like they was always welcome at your house you were always cooking it was it's always was full of love and family it and i thank you even when we moved up north you let her come for the weekend that was so great i really appreciate that she has so much fun yes we always like continue to have fun and um she would have been here right now but she's at work last (laughs) saturday she was at work i was like i'm gonna go see coach jacks again she was like (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) she was like she's she getting that money yeah (laughs) already and so Lala, she didn't play lacrosse, but she was she out did. on the field. She, she, she did. did she for played a year. She only oh, did it for a year, but it was after you had moved. And, and after everybody. Yeah. Um, but she didn't stick with it. She loved it though. Mm-hmm. She loved it, but she didn't stick with it. She uh, she started falling behind. It was it got too hard for her mm-hmm. with the practice and the games and her grades. Mm-hmm. She's very academically driven, mm-hmm. and so um, she still she brought out her stick the other day. She's trying to go to Oakland Tech, so she wants to practice so she can get on their team. Oh, that's awesome. Because they're connected. Are they mm -hmm. still connected with Oakland? Yes. So if she she gets into Tech, I think she's going to try out, and then um, we'll see what happens with that. But she she loved it. It was was important for her, too, but I think it was more so important for her to see her sister go through it. Um, And I think when Lala started, tonight wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Because... Lala kind of took the spotlight, but it was of a younger team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. But Sanai always have tried to find her own individual. 
self, mm-hmm. her individuality, and Lala follow right behind her. Like uh-huh. tonight is a part of the total praise at our church, and she's been doing it for years. Lala joined, yeah, like years later, and tonight was like, no, this is my thing, right? And so it is. You know, she's falling behind her sister, but her sister set right. a good example. Right. But also, tonight needs her own thing. Right, she wants her own thing. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with uh, with uh, Tech if she gets in, if okay. she gets on that. But she did That'll do a good. year. That would be good. Yeah. So the, she's doing praise dance. You uh, know, tonight is. Emiko started praise dance at mm-hmm. our church. It kind of, really? it, it didn't disband, it's just kind of in the quiet because our church doesn't get it. Mm. Doesn't get that. How powerful it is. That worship. And the we, we danced only for the women. We were trying to get to dance in the sanctuary. So the women get it. Mm-hmm. They got it. Mm-hmm. They got it. Mm. They got it. A lot of women have come to Christ um, just Amen. through the dancing. And we just praise God for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is tonight, what do you see her worship has it changed since she's been in the on the praise team? That has been a magnificent change for her. Um, that was one thing that she held on to, even when she was messing up in school, um, not trying her best. I had threatened her with lacrosse. She's like, okay, no. And then one day. Ooh, and God got on me for this. I was like, you can't do praise dance no more. And she, like, lost it. She was like, no, don't take that from me. That's the only thing that's getting me through in my life. And, um, hey, Papa. And God was like, what did you just say? Like, my spirit was so heavy. Like, he chastised me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nothing else. And I was like, I'm sorry. I would never do that to you again. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, Mom, please don't do that. Don't. She was like, you can take anything, anything, but don't, please don't take that from me. And that's like I told the women. Unplugging her from God. That's what it was. And I told the women who led it, mm-hmm. they wanted to spank me. <laughs> And I said no. I said I'm just telling y'all because this is how much she loves this this uh, this group and how much you guys are a blessing to her. Um, and so, yeah, that was a it it it, it has transformed her, um, and she loves them. And actually, it's, it was good for me because I wouldn't do it, but I would go sit in the practices mm-hmm. when I got off of work and or you know to pick her up and. The songs would just speak to my spirit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and just being present with them as their group. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a spiritual family. Right. You know, and we would pray together and mm-hmm. I could call them and it just, it was what, it was what she needed, you know, stuff that I couldn't install in her. Cause you can tell your kids to pray. Right. You can tell them about God. Mm-hmm. But once again, they have to find their own worship. They have to find their own worship and that is her thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I get it. I absolutely get Ooh. it. I um I would dance with Emiko and God would the Holy Spirit would just give us the dances. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit gave us the dances. He gave her the vision mm-hmm. of it to bring it to where we are and um he would he would feed me the dances. Mm-hmm. And when I was stuck, he was like go go talk to your daughter and mm-hmm. then we would just collaborate and and Create mm-hmm. what the Holy Spirit wanted us to say to people mm-hmm. with this song, and um, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I, I wanted it. to join, but it's it's not time yet because mm-hmm. that's still her thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when God tell me it's time, then I'll do it. Yeah. But I don't want to impose. But I'm there, so right. I'm part of the group. Right. But I'm just not up there with them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if anything, what would you do differently with raising your daughters and your and your brother son? I would not have married my younger daughter's father. I would save money more Mm -hmm. um, for rainy days. But other than that, nothing. Mm -hmm. I would still have my daughters by their fathers because that's who they are Mm -hmm. and that's who God wanted them to be. Right. I can't imagine my life without them. My life would be so empty. So I wouldn't change them. And I wouldn't even change what happened with Billy. Like, it was meant for him to come to my house. It was meant for uh, me to raise him. It was meant for my mom to get a break. And it was meant for us to come together as we are now. Mm -hmm. Because we came together and we were able to co-parent him. Um, especially with his special needs. And I think she, my mom, needed me to step in to help her understand his special needs. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. she couldn't at first. Right. And she was like, oh, well, no, he can learn, he can read. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a teacher. Mm-hmm. She had her uh, preschool credentials. And mm-hmm. so she couldn't understand why she couldn't teach her son. Mm-hmm. But he was dyslexic. Right. Something that you can't teach him. Right. It took her a while to understand that. Right. And I had to really keep telling her, like, it's really something happening with him. Mm-hmm. He's not just not listening to you. Right. Um, so, it was meant. Everything was meant. So, I wouldn't change nothing. So, what was your biggest come to Jesus moment um, raising your kids? You probably said it already, but just in case you might have a different one. You no, know, it was just when I got pregnant with tonight. I really rededicated my life and got back in the church and got active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with Emiko. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about pregnancy and Christian girls, but once we get out into the world and then we get pregnant, we be like, Lord, running back to the church, falling yes. on our face and saying, Oh Jesus. Right. You like you can't you can't do it without you can't God. do it. You and you it. and you know it. You know it because mm-hmm. now God's saying, Okay, Naomi, okay, Jacqueline, mm-hmm. I'm giving you a human being. Right. To raise up in my image. Mm-hmm. Let me see what you do with that. And that's always been my thing. A lot of people say, oh, well, you put your kids first. You put them before everyone. And I was like, you know, God loaned them to me. Mm-hmm. If I don't do right, he could take them. Right. And, and I only have them for a little time. Ooh. Once they get grown, there's nothing I can do. Right, right. Like, I have to put in them what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And know I'm not perfect. And I pray all the time, and I ask God to help me and guide me. And you know, I have my faults, but they're alone. Mm-hmm. That's a loner. I'm on the lease. Ooh. Don't remind me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh. Moms, do you hear that? They on a lease. It's a lease. Oh my gosh. Like, if every mother thought of her child that way we would live life so much differently we would we would like they're not our paychecks they're not our parents mm-hmm. 
They don't owe us nothing. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask to be here. Mm -hmm. They're blessings and they're at least. Wow. So what do you think your life would be like if you didn't get the gift of motherhood? Oh my goodness, I probably would be a snooty psych psychiatrist. <laughs> Not even psychologist. I'd probably be one of them PhD people with no reverence. I mean, I still would know God and love God, but I don't think I would be as close as I am. Mm -hmm. um, my kids have taught me the real meaning of love and like the real meaning of forgiveness mm -hmm. and the real meaning of my relationship with God. Because how I am with my daughters is how God is with me. Mm -hmm. Or actually, let me rephrase that. How God is with me, I try to be that way with my, my daughters. daughters. Okay. Because he has unconditional love for us. Mm -hmm. And that's what we tell our kids, right? Mm -hmm. You can always come to us and we're there for you. We always give them conditions. We do give them conditions. Mm -hmm. And so God would, would get on me. Like, oh, am I like that with you? You should let that go. Mm -hmm. Don't be petty. Mm. And that pettiness have to go. And I apologize. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That pettiness. Okay, so what is the greatest gift that you would give to a mother who's listening, who is in the thick of going through some of the stuff that you've been through and she can identify with your story? Um, I hope I told a good story. Um... <laughs> Seem like it's I was jumping all story. over the place. No, I would say hold on to your faith. Hold on to your faith and never stop praying. And when times get hard, turn on you some praise music and praise God in your house. Bless your house. Bless your kids. My kids are so used to it. I get that oil and I go in their rooms while they sleeping and I bless them when the spirit tells me to. Mm -hmm. um, and just stay praying and love your kids. Times is hard. Love your kids. Hug them. If you have young kids and you stressed out, turn that music on and get that kitchen spoon and spatula and stand on your couches and sing to as loud as you can their favorite song or your favorite song and something. Put on a, a song that's, that's going to touch you and and bring some joy in your home. Whatever is happening, like God has you. Don't lose your faith. It could look so bad, but. He can always bring you through. Mm -hmm. Always. Yes. He's a chain breaker. Mm. He's mm -hmm. a deliverer. He's a provider. He's yes. a healer. Yes. He's everything. Everything. He is Alpha and, and he loves us. Yes. He, and that's what we forget. Even in our, even we don't deserve it. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with us, but he loves us. He loves us so much. And so he when you look that. at your kids, yes. you know God loves you. A million times more than you love your child. Right. A million. Plus. Plus. Like we can't even put a number on it. Right. Infinity. Right. That's how much he loves us. So you cry out to him. You make the devil mad. Yes, make them very angry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And dedicate your kids to God. If you're not going to church, that's okay. You can pray with them, pray over them, teach them how to pray. Teach them about Jesus. That's a more than enough and a great start. Yeah. That's the gift right there. Yeah, that's the seed. You mm -hmm. plant the seed. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever they're having a hard time, that's all where they go. Mm -hmm. Like, I tell my older daughter, she's not even with me, but I send her a message. I say, read your Bible. Mm -hmm. When you're in a hard spot, pray. Yes. 
I said, even if it's just a conversation that you think you're having with yourself, no, you're having that with God. He's yes. listening. If you think nobody's listening, God is listening. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this has been amazing. See? I, look, <laughs> she didn't think it was going to be as good as the last time. It was probably even better. God does the most amazing things and the most amazing situations. And... He yes. had us come back together for a reason. He was yes. like, <laughs> <laughs> last time was for us. <laughs> it was just something that we needed. Right. I needed encouragement yeah. as a mom. It encouraged me. This really encouraged me, like, I'm doing something okay right. in my life, you right. know, with the girls. And, yeah. You so. absolutely are. Thank like, you. they get good grades. Like, how, I don't even, sometimes I'm on the outside looking in. I'm like, how does she do that? I can't even get this one to read. It's God. (laughs) It's not me. It's God. It's God. They see, I mean, also, like, if you're in school and you're busy, sit at that table. And if you're working from home, let your kids see it. And let them, while they're doing their homework, you do your work. But when they tell you that they need you, you have to put that on pause. Lala and tonight. After we talked about it, we were I was able to tell them, like, if you need me, let me know, and I will stop. I will stop writing this paper. I will stop doing this. Like, I will stop doing my work. Just let me know. And they would call me out, like, hey, are you done? Because we need to watch a movie, or we need to go take a walk, or let's go get some ice cream. And I'm going to have to put that on pause, because they do come first. We only have them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And those moments is precious to them. Yes, it's good for them to see you working and being a hard worker and going to school, whatever it is that you're doing, but... We also have to give them their time, mm-hmm. especially when they want it, because eventually they're teenagers. They're not going to want it after that. Right. You know, they're not going to like us for a little bit. Until <laughs> so, they're 25. <laughs> 25. We don't know nothing. Them girls, them girls, they, they wait till you're 25. Right. Our sons are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll mm-hmm. roll with us until they get married. Right. They will. That's the code. And after. And after. You're trying coming. to push them off on their wife. Go on. <laughs> Go see. Go. You, did you take your wife out to dinner? Oh, hey, mama, I just wanted to check on you. Yeah, those mm-hmm. boys, they on their mom all the time. But these girls, they won't say nothing to you until they're 25 and then they figure it out. Right. And one thing I want to say is don't lose yourself either. Mm. You have to have some of you. So whatever you do for yourself, I know my kids were younger. I was off on Fridays. I would go to the movies by myself. I would go grab a, a bite to eat or it would be my nail appointment or my hair appointment. Like every Friday was something where there was $10 to go to the movies. Um, I made sure I did something for myself because they were at school and I was off. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that luxury, hopefully you can find some time to do something for yourself when they go to sleep. Go for a walk. Netflix or get a book, get some coffee, a glass of wine. I don't know. Like whatever works for you. But to chill when your kids is at their most peaceful time for you and you can do something for yourself. Yeah. Don't lose yourself. Yeah. And it's on my spirit. Come on, this might it. sound mean, but if these fathers is not able to show them anything godly or anything hardworking and you trying to chase them to be in their kids' life, let that be. And you constantly pray for their for their dads and you ask God to bless them. And as your kids get older, you tell your kids to pray for their dads because it's not their fault. It's a generational curse, and we need to break these curses because mm-hmm. not all 
of our kids' dads are bad, but not all of them are active. Right. So it's not up to us. We can't change them. We can't force them to be the best dad. We, we can't make them do nothing. Right. Only God can change them. Mm-hmm. And if they're not going to show them nothing but to stand on those street corners, let that be. Mm-hmm. And pray for them. Mm-hmm. Pray for them and ask God to bless them and, and bless your kid's heart at the same time. Yes, because God will do. And teach them boundaries. Yes. Teach them boundaries. Because it's not like... They're going to grow up, and if their dads are still around, they're going to need to know mm-hmm. how to set good boundaries and to be able to communicate mm-hmm. what they've been praying for mm-hmm. for years and years and years to get to their dads. Yes. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, good gracious. Girl, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you. I am excited. And. Thank you for tuning into our program. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave us a comment. I can't wait to see you all next week on Mom Unfiltered.